0: My fear in the whole thing is that many people just have written off Christian faith or have thrown it out without thinking through the good things that you've thrown out, trying to get rid of the bad. I can understand why people think that, but sometimes you end up throwing away good things too.
1: Welcome to the Ending Poverty Together podcast. I'm Shalane. And we're here to discuss big questions about poverty in bite sized ways. Reverend Dr. Ray Aldred is a husband, father, and grandfather. He was first ordained with the Christian and Missionary Alliance in Canada and is now ordained with the Anglican Church of Canada. He is a status Cree from Swan River Band, Treaty 8. Born in Northern Alberta, he now resides with his wife in Richmond, British Columbia, Canada. Ray is the director of the Indigenous Studies Program at the Vancouver School of Theology, whose mission is to partner with the Indigenous Church around theological education. Ray, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks. It's a privilege to be here, and Mm -hmm. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about what I think about Indigenous things.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Ray, in this season of the podcast, we have begun each interview by asking the question, what does it mean to thrive? And I have been eagerly awaiting this question with you, because I know that you will have a unique perspective on what does it mean to thrive?
0: Probably because I'm a theologian. I always think Jesus said that I came to give you life and life abundantly. And mm-hmm. that for indigenous people in Canada though, that promise was the things that happened in Canada sort of made it difficult for that to happen for many indigenous people. Mm-hmm. I don't but I don't want to say that there wasn't life coming out of indigenous people, even though we were experiencing all kinds of trauma because of the residential school and different things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A program that we developed was about helping people move through the generational trauma that they've experienced. And I remember I would say that survival, our people are survivors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never want to downplay the significance of that, that everybody who, who gets older, did something right to get to that place but just surviving I think that there's more to life than just surviving
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and a lot of it was aimed at seeing how we could understand that even though things were happening to us that were hard, that even in the midst of that, there was something that the gospel could speak to even in the midst of it
2: Mm Mm-hmm
0: so that's what I thought about. Mm-hmm. So it was all about the gospel and about receiving the love of Christ. So then for me, I remember in ministry when I first started out, even though you know that your you know salvation is by grace, faith comes from, is a gift of God, and uh, salvation is by grace in Ephesians, it says that. Even though, mm-hmm. it's surprising though that, So quickly, because you experience this trauma, because you experience racism, you develop shame. You feel ashamed Mm -hmm. of yourself, even when it's not Mm -hmm. your fault. And then what ends up happening is you're trying to earn God's favor. Everything you do, you think that maybe if I just try hard enough, if I work hard enough, maybe then God will like me. And then that's not sustainable. At yeah. some at some point I remember the love of God filled filled my heart and it mm. changed and it changed my ministry because I realized that God not only loved me but he liked me. So that's kind of what my mm. to thrive you you need to come to the place that you understand that the creator not only likes loves you, he likes you. If you can do that, I always thought that if you can help people get to that place.
1: Mm-hmm. Ray, how did it change your ministry?
0: For me, a lot of ministry was aimed at you know you have to have results, and then you get you end up being uh, oft, sometimes you can end up in a relationship where your significance is tied to how well the people you're ministering are doing, and if mm. that happens, that's that's not a good place to be because. It's not fair to the people you're ministering to because you don't know their whole story. You don't know the things that they're going through. And then it ends up that you're the peace, sort of your whole life is, I suppose some people would call that you you end up uh, codependent people. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. what changed in my life is uh, I noticed that it just came my whole ministry was just, it, it shifted to be uh, being about receiving the love of Christ and then expressing that towards other people. So in my pr- in my prayer life, I noticed, I'm an introvert, so I, I tend to naturally be, ref- I reflect on how I pray.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: noticed I, that uh, early on in ministry, I used to pray. And I think that part of it was selfish. I wanted people to get healing so that... Do better in church.
1: Mm, that's very, that's very honest of you. <laughs> and
0: then, uh, and then, what I noticed changed was I just prayed for more love. Mm. I remember, I remember, God, give me more love. Help me to love people so that they can understand that you love them. And that was
2: mm-hmm.
0: to me, freedom is you're free to love people by the grace of God. Understanding, you know, in one John like 1 John chapter 4 we love because he first loved us and Uh I think that if you're free you can love people no one can control that no one can stop you from loving people so then that's to me that's Uh freedom and that's, that's thriving all the other stuff you know the ability to work hard, the ability to make life you know, have a plan, have a all the life skills. They all flow out, and they're made empowered by understanding the love that you're loved. That's mm-hmm. that's significant. So
1: mm-hmm. that you're loved and that you're liked. Yeah,
0: I just yeah. used the word like. I got that from a friend of mine. Uh uh-huh. huh. And uh, I remember he used to say it and I adopted it too. But rhetorically, when you were preaching, when I was preaching, if you tell people that God loves loves them, it Mm -hmm. doesn't, you can see it in their face that does not have a lot of rhetorical value. And you don't see expressions Mm -hmm. change. You don't see their eyes get bigger. But if you say to people that God not only loves you, he likes you. then Mm. then people, you can see it, people have questions in their eyes. They wonder, is that true? Could that be true? I think because as North Americans, you end up with, you know, it's all about morality and we never measure up. And that's mm -hmm. really the Reformation too, is about making sure people knew that they didn't measure up. So,
1: (laughs) Well, and if, we all come with these different experiences of love in human form or lack of love in human form, then what that actually looks like or feels like to people will be so very different. But when you know that somebody likes you, it feels like that's a really intentional choice, that you like me.
0: Yes. I just thought that that was true of Christ, that Christ not only loved us, but he liked us hmm yeah. I thought wow. that that was, I don't know, I just thought that was central to the gospel.
1: Mm-hmm. That's profound. Thank you. Ray, I first had the chance to meet you when you shared deeply in the Food for the Hungry Masterclass on Canadian Indigenous Realities and the Canadian Church. I can hardly believe it, but it's been almost a year since we had that discussion and you presented to hundreds of people who were very engaged and appreciative. I'm curious, in this last year, what, what do you have to say now to the Canadian church as you think about Indigenous realities and things that have happened within the last year?
0: Hmm. I still think like the three things, there's kind of three things we need to continue to work on. Mm-hmm one of them being uh, to develop a better theology, to, s- to see that our theology really, now this is kind of academic, I suppose, but to s- to understand that the doctrine of salvation, it really mm. flows out of creation, that what Christians call getting saved really mm. has to do with re-engaging sort of God's plan, to move creation to its culmination where Creator and creation are meet in perfect harmony.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, theologically, to understand that everything that we're doing fits within the whole doctrine of creation, I thought that would help us. It would just it would do two things. One, it would empower what people are doing, no matter what they were doing, that they could see that it fits into something bigger than just them. Uh-huh. Working away at whatever they work on, which gives you purpose. Uh-huh. Because if modern society's problem is that it's reduced people, what people do to just a commodity labor, that right. this this would engage reinvigorate it by giving it purpose. That it's it fits within God's creative purpose for the universe. It's, no one is just, no one is just passing time. No one is just, you know, making widgets for something.
2: They are mm-hmm.
0: doing things that have consequence. And then the second thing would also <laughs> help us to see that ministry is a lot bigger than what we think it is. Which in North mm-hmm. America ministries always say that if if you look at most churches, what we think is ministry is mostly it's mostly talking. Talking and singing. That's ministry. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. forget sometimes that other things are ministry and they fit within what God's doing, so, that's, mm-hmm. uh, so the whole work towards healing the land. I think, though, we, we have to recapture the idea that reconciliation is a process, not just a one-time event, mm-hmm. and then uh, work towards uh, helping people with training and tools that help them work through the trauma that they have mm-hmm. experienced in their lives.
1: Yeah, it just speaks to me of relationship. Yes. Because if we don't have relationship, how do we walk with people through that healing of trauma and, and in that process of re- reconciliation? And if we're only talking and singing, then the relationship piece is missing.
0: Yes. So that's kind of I continue to think about that.
2: Mm-hmm. But I also
0: think that we should work to continue to create programs that help people work through addiction and uh, mm. that's an ongoing struggle that many folks are dealing with and we don't always mm-hmm. provide there's a need for continuing resources so and that's where it fits in with developing emotional emotional resources emotional intelligence to help deal with the struggles that we're going through
1: mm-hmm would you say that was number three?
0: Yeah. Of your.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and then unity. We got to... You know, it seems like we continue to be. No, oh, there's. I shouldn't say we continue to go down, but we're continued pressured to. Polarize, be around pol. You know, polarized society and mm-hmm. divided around. And life is more complicated than that. I think. I think we understand that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sort of develop a vision for unity. Mm-hmm. But that's difficult in our climate. But maybe, maybe the maybe the three work together. So then we we understand that we need to share space and place. Mm-hmm. We need emotions. Emotions are important. So we need help with working how how they fit into what we're going through together, and mm-hmm. that helps us to cast a story for our communities. In a way that mm. helps people to feel like they're part of something.
1: Mm-hmm. They do, they do. I'm not surprised coming from you that they blend beautifully together. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, so that's what I think. I still continue to do that. So I'm, I continue to talk about it. I think about it a little more. And the other day, I was always, I was captured again by how these things are fulfilled in Christ. So. I've been thinking about that lately.
1: Mm -hmm. Ray, one of the questions that actually has come up a couple times since um, people have known that you shared in this masterclass is, has Ray said anything about um, Pope Francis making a visit to Canada? And so I wondered how you felt about that, what you thought... The significance, or not, perhaps of that visit was.
0: No, it was significant. I thought I I was interviewed by a radio station. CT was a CBC News, one of their one of their shows on News Network, and then Global Television. I think from probably Edmonton, Mm -hmm. they interviewed me, and they asked me those things, and I thought I thought that the Pope was trying to do something. I don't think the Pope knew what, but some people were critical of the Pope, but I thought that the Pope tried to do everything that was possible within what he was doing. I was appreciative of that. And at the same time, I was mindful that, you know, it it triggered people. Mm. There was, they're wanting more. So I think that that shows Mm -hmm. that, there's still work to do. My fear in the whole thing is that many people just have written off Christian faith and sort of or have thrown it out without thinking through the good things that you've thrown out, trying to get rid of the bad. I can understand why people think that, but sometimes you end up throwing away good things mm-hmm. too. I worry sometimes right. that the implication. Of that, So maybe what we need to do is we need to continue to work to bring together younger folks, younger adults together with elders. Because the elders for me have always been a source of strength. Because no matter how bad it got, they still were trying to move towards right relationship. They were hesitant to just mm. dismiss Christian faith as a being of no value. So, in light of the Pope's visit, so it also made me aware of the need to make sure you focus on what is actually attainable, because sometimes we get so fixated on things that we really can't control. And yeah. some people wanted the Pope to renounce the doctrine of discovery, but it was more—it's more complicated than that. It isn't so that the Pope mm-hmm. made this doctrine of discovery. It's more that. You know, nation states like Canada and the US took and developed their own understanding and exerted their own sovereignty and used things like things the Catholic Church had said to justify what they were doing.
1: Yes, it's very complicated.
0: It is. But some denominations have renounced the doctrine of discovery. I think that the,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm guessing the Catholic Church would say that they did that because they passed other papal bulls where they affirmed that Indigenous people had the right to own property and land. And and they had other papal bulls that uh, said that Indigenous people should not be enslaved. So I think in their mind, they think that Mm. they have done that. But it shows, though, that we continue to need a story, a national story that can hold us together.
1: And if you were authoring the story, what would the story be?
0: It would be about how people who came together because they needed one another. When we made treaty, hmm. there was famine in the land. And, you know, when they were signing the number of treaties, people, people were going hungry. Mm-hmm. And... I suppose someone would say, well, that was the fault of the newcomers, and it might have been, but we still came together because we needed each other. And uh, I think if Mm. we can do that again and understand that we're better together than divided. So I would sort of base it around the fact, as I said before, that we we share this space. We've all been put here. Uh, I don't want to argue with people Mm -hmm. about who's who has more rights than the next. I just want to say that we've been put here. And I think that the Creator expects us to try to live like relatives, and to try to help one another. Mm -hmm. I often think about, Mm -hmm. there's, well, three of the, there's four things that I say are involved with treaty. I remember one of my talks that I gave. Mm -hmm. So the first one is that uh, the treaty was about everyone enjoying a peaceful existence. That's what the treaty was about. And I still think that it's God's desire that all creatures, including human beings, enjoy a peaceful existence and live within a creation that is supposed to do what the creator expects it to do and be what he expects it to be. And then, and then the second thing is that within this creation, this place where the creator has placed us, it's the idea was that everyone could experience access to this land that people could be mm-hmm. de- could develop deeper relationships by having places that they could mm-hmm. sort of put down roots and develop a relationship with the land. And this is where homelessness is a problem because homelessness as I understand it is when people don't have a place that they can call or not even mm-hmm. not even that it's Primarily that it's about private ownership, but a place where they can put down roots and develop a, mm-hmm. a strong relationship with, with the place, but also with the people who are in the community.
1: Mm-hmm. How many times do I see homeless encampments being taken down and city workers coming and taking things away and think, well, now where? Where do you go now? Where, where is your place to yeah. be and to connect.
0: And then the third thing is that the treaty was insu- was to ensure that everyone experienced being fed by Mother Earth or enjoying the bounty of Mother Earth. That's where poverty mm-hmm. was not something that was to be blamed on people. We see the idea of treaty was that the gland would care for us if we were respectful. And treat one another with respect. Hmm. So, people going hungry was Mm -hmm. not the
1: way God intended it to be. Well, if we're sharing, yeah, if we're sharing our need and having that place,
0: yeah. So then, the fourth thing is to be who the Creator made us to be. I think one of the strengths of Canada is that it's regional because we have different, different lands. People in different places, you know, they've developed Mm -hmm. different ways of living, and I just think that that's a strength. So we we shouldn't be so quick to erase the distance between us, but we should major on treating one another with respect so that we can collaborate in significant ways. I think Mm -hmm. the story of the Mm -hmm. historic treaty process is a story that still could help us to understand. And we started off in better ways... And we continue to pursue those ways instead of thinking that if we just use violence on one another, that somehow that'll lead to someplace better. It doesn't lead to someplace better. Right. That's what I think.
1: All right. I'm wondering, perhaps there's some listeners who aren't familiar with the historic treaty process is there a place you can point people, a resource you can direct us to that would be helpful in gaining deeper understanding about that process?
0: Hey, there's a good essay. It's actually a book maybe, but I think there's an essay too by J.R. Miller called Compacts mm-hmm. Compacts Con- and Covenants. Mm-hmm. It sort of talks about the development of the treaty process in Canada. There's another book by a couple I haven't read the whole thing. It would be a heavier read, but I think it could be good. It's called "From Treaty Peoples to Treaty Nation." I think is the name of it.
1: But if you're going online, you know you can okay. read
0: the Royal Commission on Aboriginal People has is all online. There's then just search for the treaties and mm-hmm. they'll talk about them. And then uh, I think all the writings from the Aboriginal Healing foundation was a foundation that's happened oh it started i think in 1998 and then i forget how long it ran but there were several articles about different things that were published online i think it's called the aboriginal Mm -hmm. healing foundation and they have several online resources because i think cheap is always good and they're available online (laughs) government of canada puts them all online
1: Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, Ray, as we are wrapping up our time here, I, I would love to know, where do you see glimpses of hope in the church today? When you think where we've come from, where we're going, where we are today, where what are the glimpses of hope that you
0: have? Uh, I have hope in when I, you know, the, I was hanging out with some Christian school teachers, uh, indigenous Christian mm-hmm. school teachers. I've had an opportunity to hang with a couple of them. And they're really trying to embrace mm-hmm. their identity as indigenous people and difference in their schools. Mm. And I thought that encouraged me because younger than I am and they have more energy
1: mm-hmm. than I do. And I,
0: and I think they have good ideas. And they as, have good
1: ideas. as teachers, they have, they're in places of influence. Yeah.
0: And I thought, hey, you know what? They're taking seriously the call in, in, in British Columbia that, you know, high school students need to have two Indigenous studies classes mm-hmm. to graduate. And they're taking it mm-hmm. seriously. So I find hope in that. And I think mm-hmm. that I find hope in my grandchildren, too, because they find encouragement that they have Indigenous heritage. They don't, they don't look at it as a liability. Mm-hmm. So I have hope in that. Mm -hmm. i think that we are making changes in government and churches i always hope that we don't grow cynical though because it's easy to take tear things apart but i like to try to be someone who tries to put things back together and hold things together i always found if you explain things to people that they try to make some meaningful changes that could make things even better so so i thank you for the opportunity to be here and hopefully maybe people who listen to this will find it helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I always appreciate spending time with you and feel like there's, a, there's an encouragement and a challenge that come together in these conversations. So thank you so much for being here today, Ray. And if you're listening and you want to explore what your next steps could be or find out more about FH Canada and Ray Aldred, please start by checking out fhcanada.org resources.